Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Alan Parry podcast. And on this episode, we'll be talking to Carenza Dare. Now, Carenza lives a very adventurous and romantic life filled with love and enriching experiences and freedom. Because what Carenza did is she quit her job, she quit her home, and she also quit many of her possessions as well. So where does she live now? Well, she lives in a vehicle. And so that's what this story is all about, about leaving one's life in order to live on the open road and all of that brings. So without further ado, let's welcome Carenza Dare. Hello, welcome Carenza. Thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks. It's nice to meet you. Well, I'm really, I'm really glad that you're um, on today because I think most people, when they find out about your life, will say that it's a very romantic, adventurous life. Does that sound fair? The dog around. Yeah. Well, just it was, it was almost. It was almost to confirm my uh, status there. A, a dog appears from nowhere. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but you you live in something. Um, we I don't think we really know this term because when when I've been speaking to people about the fact that you're coming on the show, a lot of people in the UK didn't know what an RV is. But you live in an RV. Oh. So can you explain yeah. to people who've never heard of that what actually an RV is? Uh, an RV is it stands for recreational vehicle. And so it's a motorhome or a travel trailer. Um, I, I'm sure people are familiar with the term caravan. Um, yes. <laughs> and and so or like there's fifth wheels also that that have gone to a truck a little more sturdy than a, a travel trailer. So we actually have a motorhome. So ours has an engine in it, and we drive it, and then we tow a car behind us. Okay. But that that is what it is. Oh right, okay. So I didn't realise you actually towed a car behind you as well. Does that does yes, that yes. does that so need a driver in as you as you're travelling about, or 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 is that just safely kind of travelled? Because normally when we tow in this country, you have to have a driver in the vehicle behind. Does it not work like that? Is it oh, different? No, we can just um, we just hook it up to to flat tow. Um, so all four wheels are down on the ground, and and we have. Um, just it's a bracket for towing and it hooks onto the car and it just we just kind of pull it behind us so we don't have to be in it or anything wow so how big is your living space then Carenza uh we have a 30 foot and uh rv uh, motorhome um so it's they're typically like eight feet wide eight feet wide so 240 square feet um, we had a bigger one and we sized down. We actually wanted to go smaller because it's just a little easier to get in places. We can get to more areas and out more boondocking and into um, national forest land and things with it. Okay, what was that word that you just used, boondocking? Did I hear that right? Boondocking, yes. What does that mean? I've not heard that word before. That is where instead of being in a campground... Um, we are just out on um, land that's owned by the federal government or it's just with no hookups or anything really. But for the most part, you're usually out away from things um, on, on federal land or, or public land in any kind of way. It could be state too. Um, does that, does that cost at all? Does it cost no, you to? No, okay. You're completely free. So if you're in a campground, you may you're going to pay even if you have no hookups. Um, as far as electricity, water, uh, maybe sewer, uh, but and even if you have no hookups in a campground, you typically pay. Although I have been to one that was um, BLM, which is a Bureau of Land Management, and that's usually open land, usually where you find boondocking. I've also heard it called wild camping. Right. Um, but but. This most of the time you're out just on the land. Although I have been to at campground, which had no hookups, it was beautiful but completely free. Right. Okay. So this is this is really interesting stuff. But before we get into that, I want to just do a kind of a a rewind. And what I'm really interested in to start with is what did your life look like before you made the decision to 
to um you know what 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 was your life like before the RV came along before you were living solely in an RV because I'm right you you don't have any other home do you No no not anymore no this is our home So tell me about uh, that what 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 was life like for you before you you made this leap Well before we I made the leap my husband and I made the leap um uh, we lived in, around New York City and we had actually lived in quite a few places. We tended to move um, for jobs or for whatever reason, and, um, fairly often. So we liked we liked new spaces and liked to travel. Anyway, but the last one, the last places we lived when we had decided to do this was around New York City, and I worked in a corporate job. I am. Uh, designer uh product designer worked in sunglasses for a long time and so i would go right and we actually lived in new jersey right across the river yeah so we, i could see new york but i wasn't in it my husband worked in new jersey so it was um a good balance so i had to get on a bus and take a, a bus in every day for something that was only a few miles away or a few kilometers away um into into New York for 45 minutes, which it was it really shouldn't be that if we drove it would be faster except for traffic um, and and then have to walk to work and spend my days there and my last job I worked a lot and very late um, and we just didn't want to do that anymore um, but that was that was the typical kind of life we had it was uh get up early go into work take a long commute for something that i can see right there <laughs> right across the river but uh take that long commute work long hours get home late and then um and then come home late and do it all again so we're really living for the weekends and we started camping uh then and we would go out hiking and then we bought a tent and started camping and then we bought a little pop-up camper so it's we could tow it with the car we had and then uh, when we we took it to a campground and we could it it was like a hard shell on the bottom and then you kind of crank it up and it expands so it's kind of like a tent on top and um, comes out on the sides for the beds so it's a little more open not something you would typically full-time in but it was wonderful for us um and got us out and started thinking about doing this yes yeah, so we I'm, were actually no I'm, I'm just thinking that you, you live in this kind of dual life at the time then aren't you where monday to friday you live in this kind of um hellish sort of commute and i'm guessing i'm guessing new jersey is new jersey expensive i know that when i've heard people talk about new york oh, yes. say, yeah it's expensive to live and then at the it's, weekend it's you've exactly got this like yeah go on sorry Oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying it's it's almost as expensive, at least the area in Jersey that we were in, because we were literally just on the other side of the river, is almost as expensive as New York. I see. So, you, so you've got this kind of commute. You're living in a high 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 priced neighborhood where you're having to work a lot in order to to be there, and and then at the weekends you've got this kind of other life, which is I'm guessing is the seeds of your calling. What, what what actually happened? What was that trigger moment? You know, like in business, they say, what was the moment that happened before you actually phoned that business and sought help? What was the actual decision day? You know, take me through that where you decided, I'm actually, I'm actually going to give this all up and we're going to live in a motorhome. <laughs> I, I can't remember that actually what happened during the day. I remember more of the conversation probably at night. Um, it was something that that we had started talking about. We started talking about, we thought we were going to stay in New York. Sorry, I'm a little jumpy here. It's okay. But we, when we moved, our intention was, okay, we're not going to move again for a while. There are, there are plenty of jobs here. We don't have to, like, chase a, a company, chase companies around. And as we started looking at places to purchase it was just too expensive. We just didn't want to deal with that. And then we started realizing maybe we didn't want to stay in New York for the rest of our lives. 
maybe we didn't want to be here for many years. So we were always looking for the next thing and what was how to get out. Um, and we had some different ideas. And then when we started the camping more, um, my husband started finding that people did this um, full time. And, and it was kind of bandied about a little bit, but I wasn't too serious about it because I don't know. Is that for real? People do that. <laughs> and then we um, started talking about it. And we had a conversation one night and we, were, we talked about, well, maybe we could do it for a year and we could travel around and see things. And then started talking about how, well, it's awfully expensive to do for just a year. So we could just do it until we don't want to. And, and we really started coming together on it and having a very serious discussion about, okay, we can make this work. We'll save up so that we can just buy what we need and, um, and, and get out there. I, it was just kind of coming to, to a head. My husband really hated his job. Um, I know that feeling. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just, he despised it. And uh, so I had just, and I took a new one because I was not enjoying mine either. So I took a new one and, um, and it was a pretty good one. So we said, okay, I'll, I'll stick for a year. Um, I would get a bonus at that point too. So it was worth it to stick around. Um, I'll stay there for a year and my husband was going to quit his job and start freelancing so he could build up clients for us. And that was, it was like, we can do this. All right. We're going to do it. And, uh, that was kind of the night that we started setting it in motion. Wow. So you, you were saying there that you've, um, you've kind of found this tribe almost of people who were doing this full time and they kind of opened your eyes as to this was a possibility. T tell me about those people who are this tribe of kind of campers and RVers who are, who are living this way as a, as an entire lifestyle. Oh, wow. And you know, we found a few before we went, but really not as many as we found since we got out here. Like we, we found a couple blogs that, that, started on the idea for us and started making us think about it. But since I had started looking a lot, um, when we got out and started trying to find more people, there is a huge community of, of people of younger full-timers, basically people who aren't retired. Um, because there's a huge community of retired folks, yeah. folks here in the U S who do this. But as far as non-retired folks or retired age folks, there's a ton of them. So we have this huge community of friends. I th think we are probably more socially active now than we were when we lived in one spot. Um, that's it's astonishing, amazing. isn't it? Because I, that's one of the it questions is. I was going to ask. I was, I was thinking you've, you've given up a community here. Haven't you given up friendships and everything to do this life? And you're, you're actually telling me the opposite. Oh, yes. Complete opposite. And even for my old friends, um, just this year, really, I've kind of been on a, a tour of um, the U.S. We were out west and we're coming east because I'm coming back to visit. We're coming back to visit our families in different states. But I have seen a lot of my high school friends that I haven't been able to see for the past few years because or for many years because they live in different states like uh, I'm. I'm from Indiana, which is in the Midwest. It's kind of the heart of the U.S. And then I had friends who moved out to Portland, Oregon, all the way on the other coast, on the West Coast. And I haven't been able to see him except for like every few years if we, and never in Portland. Um, it would be in random times when we'd be in a different city together. So I've actually been able to visit old friends by doing this too and, and see their homes and, and see them in their spaces. And um, as far as RV friends, um, we have we meet up with many, so many people. Um, it's really amazing, and of course, it's easier in the winter because everybody tends to be in the south. They're either in the southwest in the desert area, or they tend to be in Florida. Um, so it's very easy to meet up with people. But um, and we have some friends that 
we were out with in Oregon and we've actually seen them <laughs> about every month since we met them. Um, there was just a, a little span there, a few months where they were in one spot working for a while and we didn't get to see them. But every month we have seen them and then we were with them in Oregon and they had to take a trip um, to the Midwest to visit family. And then as we were coming across to go to the Midwest, they were going back out to Oregon. And so we stopped and hung out together for a week in South Dakota. And it's just, it's really great because it's, in this life, I mean, unless you really have somewhere to be, you can kind of make detours and yeah. you will for yeah. your friends. Um, you know, oh, okay, that's a hundred miles. Let's just change your path and go that way. You know, a hundred miles is not that big of a deal. So do, and do, do you, you find that, yeah, I was going to say, do you, do you find that you're kind of, is it, is, I'm, I'm wondering what a typical day is for you, I suppose. And does it involve a lot of driving or is it kind of like, a, a stint of driving followed by hanging around in the one place for a week or so? Yes, it's more like a stint of driving and then hanging around. We we don't drive every day. Um, our, our typical stays are around a week to two weeks. Um, it just kind of depends on, on what we're doing and where we're going. Um, when we first started out, we were trying to do longer stays for a month because if you're in a campground, you can get a better price that way. Um, and also just because we wanted to, to really get in depth in the area. I mean, number one, we're not on vacation. We still work. And so it's not like we're out every day doing, seeing the sites and experiencing things. We, we work and then maybe we don't go out that day. Maybe we relax, you know? So, um, so tell tell me, tell me about your work there because you're saying you work. So it's, I mean, this is my assumption. I, I know nothing about this lifestyle, but I'm thinking, okay, you work, but I'm guessing the amount that you have to earn, is it less when compared with the, I mean, how do the costs stack up between when you were kind of house or apartment dwellers in in, um, in New York and now that you're in the RV? Is it much less, meaning that you you can do very different or even much less work? How, or, or am I getting that wrong in terms of my assumptions? Well, I think it's it kind of depends on the people. Um, we've met some who have drastically cut what they what they earn, and they're fine. Um, and it just it really depends on your priorities and what you want to do. Um, your food budget can be the same as it was in when you lived in what what full timers and RVers tend to call sticks and bricks. Mm-hmm. in your house. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you eat out a lot, you're still going to be spending a lot. So um, we cut ours down because we're not working two full-time jobs anymore. So it's not quite in half. Um, it might be probably a little less than three quarters to what we earned. Um, but we also tend to do a lot of stuff. We like part of our thing is we're drive, die, devour, and that's driving everywhere and seeing the sights and diving is scuba diving, which is not the most, the cheapest um, thing to do and devour, which is experiencing local food. So we might eat out a, a little more than some other RVers. And that's the name um, of your website as well, isn't it? Drive, dive, devour.com. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, so, so for us, that's something we like to do, but there are a lot of people who have, our expenses are definitely not what they were in New Jersey. So um, you, you, we s- don't, you swapped maintaining the sticks and bricks for ongoing life experiences then basically. Right, right, right. Yeah. Our, our costs, I mean, we don't have the rent that we had or we owned a house in Dallas and before that and it's not our mortgage payment you know we don't have that um we are paying for campground spots when we use campgrounds um out west is where you can do a lot of the free boondocking and actually prefer it not just because it's free just because you usually get beautiful spaces to be in um but yeah our our food budget is probably roughly the same maybe a little less um and 
entertainment can go up and down just depending on what you're doing because we go to a lot of national parks. And so once you have a pass for that, you're just going in and experiencing it and hiking and all of that's free. But um, it, it, it really depends upon upon the person. I but, found. but the direct comparison, just in terms of housing costs, let's say I'm, let's say I were to do this, I, I were to throw my house over in, in uh, New York, and I'm, I'm now going to um, do what you're doing in terms of RV, and I just want a direct comparison of housing costs, and I've got, I mean, I'll, I'll count all the petrol as housing costs, I'll count, I'll cost any sort of um, mm. camping and anything else, which basically means that you can you can carry on living in the RV as opposed to the sticks and bricks. How do they compare? If if someone was going to make a similar leap to you, um, from say the exact same home that you had to the home that you have now, just thinking about the housing costs, how much cheaper is it to to live in an RV than than the house that you used to have? Um, well, thankfully, we were never very extravagant in our housing, so um, it's probably. A half to three quarters. Um, so that's a massive saving, really, isn't it's it? A, it is a savings. It's definitely a savings. And there are things that you can do to make it better. Like I, if you were to stay in campgrounds, like stay a month. Um, and and it, we have a motorhome, and we have a, we bought it for a good price. But if you want to be cheaper, a travel trailer is going to be a lot cheaper than a motorhome will be because you don't have the engine in it. Um, you can get started in that very cheaply so it's a little better that way and then of course if you go down to the florida keys you're going to be spending a month there would actually be more expensive than it would for us in new york i'm guessing you save on heating though as well because if it's cold you just drive off somewhere where it's warm like you said that's you're right. in the south yeah <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> exactly like we we tend to follow the weather so yeah we don't we had some days where we had to put on the heat this winter, um, being in the Southwest. Um, but pretty much, yeah, we don't, our, our heat is either run by electricity or propane. And so, and the propane has to be used one, either when you're not, don't have an electricity hookup or, um, if it gets too cold, there's a point where the electric heat pump doesn't work. And we just don't, we don't want it to get that cold on us. We don't like it that cold. So no. <laughs> that's part of the reason we're doing it. So, yeah. Can I talk to you about, about minimalism and stuff? Because one of the things that I think people might um, think about this lifestyle is they might realize very quickly that if you're going to fit into this trailer and that's your home, you kind of need to have less stuff, don't you? So how did yeah. you go about that whole process of losing your attachment to stuff which so many of us have i mean I've, I've got a room in my house at the moment um and i call it the junk room and it's just got oh, yeah. stuff in there that i haven't kind of sorted out and thrown away you you don't you don't have um the chance of having a junk room there do you everything you've got i'm guessing has to have some sort of value some sort of use right it should serve a purpose and uh, even if that purpose is just just for me to look at um <laughs> but you're right i mean we have we have some storage bays underneath our rv and sometimes there can be things in there that get a little messy but no we don't have any room for too much excess it were tends you, to be were you like that anyway um or 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 is this something that you had to really do in order to get into the rv lifestyle full-time we had to do it. I mean, I'm not one to collect. I don't like to have too much stuff. I didn't want to just keep buying things. But when you sit in one spot, you don't realize how much stuff you have <laughs> and how much you keep collecting. I mean, we, as I said, we moved quite often. So um, we were, and I always felt like there was a box that just never got unpacked. Um, and, and it would move with us to different places and like, what's in here? We must not need it. Um, and even in New Jersey, we lived in a high rise apartment, so we didn't have a garage where a lot of stuff tends to collect, but 
and we had a, a smaller, we had a large apartment for the area, but we had, I mean, it was a small apartment and was not a house. When it came time for us to move, because we did take a kind of gap year between being there and getting in the RV because we went to be with my family um, during a health crisis. So we moved to Indiana for that year and we got the truck. We couldn't fit everything we had in it. And we did not know how, how we gained that much stuff. And, and we had been there for five years and it was probably the, the, it was the longest place that we had lived. Um, so, but in that little tiny space, somehow we had acquired that much stuff that we couldn't even fit it in the moving truck. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so what's been so your we, process in terms of getting rid of the stuff? Because that's a difficult thing to do. Um, what was it your, is. How, how did you go about it? What kind of, um, what kind of criteria did you have for what stuff to keep and what stuff had to go? I really, I was looking at everything and deciding if we used it on a, on an almost daily basis, if it had, if it would serve a purpose for us and we needed it, if there was any reason to have it on the road, if, if that was like a, there's just some things you just don't need to take with you because you're not in a house um, that relate more to a house. So um, there were definitely things that were easy to go, okay, we, we have no use for that. Um, and then I, I find it also helped to go through it and do kind of quick sorts like that, but I would keep going back over it. And thankfully I had that time to do that. Um, because when I first started cutting down like my wardrobe, because I couldn't take all my clothes and I worked in the fashion industry. So I have a lot of clothes. Yeah. Um, and I, I was keeping things. It was like keeping things that I felt like, like I might need and even like, like dress pants and things. And I didn't go to an office every day anymore. I was working from home. I did not need those. So at first I was keeping a few pants for just in case. And then by the end, it was like, oh, I need to keep this. I need to keep it. I don't know. And then I would go back even like um, a few weeks or a month later. And I was like, I have no use for this. I'm not going to need this. I need like one dress in case I have to meet a client because I'm not meeting them all the time. So um, it, it was just kind of a... I think it helps to have that time to go back and look at it because what your initial thoughts are, you might realize as you start getting into it, you don't need all of it. Yeah. You don't need that, all of that stuff. And we still do this. Um, and other people we know do it too, as you live out on the road and you go through, you start, you brought stuff that you don't need and you just need to do like a little spring cleaning every so often and just tend to get rid of stuff that you brought, but you don't need. And then um, there's also a one-in, one-out policy for most people have. You know, if you're bringing something in, something else needs to go. Oh, that's a discipline, isn't it? Yeah. So it so before anyone can buy anything or, or get anything, they've got to first choose the thing that it's going to replace. And that, uh, yeah. So have you found that difficult at all in terms of following policies like that? And, and also, have you, have you found that it's got any sort of resonance for the rest of your life? You know, has that become almost like a metaphor for other things like the projects you get involved in and um, the people that you're around or the, the the kind of grudges even that you carry. I know that James Altucher, for instance, uh, the podcaster and blogger, he's uh, he's at the moment, um, he doesn't have a home either and he just lives out of Airbnbs or he couch surfs off his, uh, off in his friend's place. And so he has about 15 items in a bag. And he's found that almost oh, right. like a metaphor, you know, I don't have room for that stuff in my bag, in inverted commas, you know, when that's kind of people he doesn't like or or, or ideas and grudges that just aren't serving him. Have you found that the kind of decluttering the stuff has actually widened your perspective in a more philosophical sense? Um, yes, I, I think so. I, I'm, it's still a work in progress um, because I still tend to collect ideas and and things that I would like to do and so it, I can get a little overwhelmed with that still but 
and in terms of, of I mean, yes, it's it's really affected affected even even um, the physical products and everything, physical things. I I I used to I'm not one of those women who would go shopping for sport, but I liked to go shopping and I liked to do things and I just don't care anymore. I I mean I know I'm not gonna buy anything. I can't I, there's only so much room that we have. So that that idea of going out and doing retail therapy doesn't apply to me. I, I it it doesn't make me happy anymore. I and I can easily look at stuff and go Oh, oh, this is so cute. I'm not buying it, which was a little harder before. Um, and then as with people and everything or ideas of what, what it is, yeah, it's easier to let some things go. Um, or, or to hear stuff from people who might not understand what we're doing. And it's okay. You can set that aside a little easier because it doesn't fit in your life and you don't need to hear it and it, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's um, interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that, actually. There's lots of things I have thought of, but I haven't thought about what opposition you might have got from friends and families and, and you know, other people in the world who, who've maybe heard what you thought and thought, what's Carenza up to? This is crazy. Did you have any of this <laughs> kind of fear-based opposition to your plans? Thankfully for us, not as much. I have heard other people have have had kind of horror stories about people who just didn't get it and said some awful things or but which I, I just don't understand. Thankfully for us, most everything was positive. I mean, I've gotten some um, pushback maybe from people who are just like, that's great for you. I, I couldn't do it or, you know, I couldn't live in that little of a space. I mean, sometimes it's even funny. My mom totally supports me. She's come out to see us in a few spaces, a few places, but she didn't even realize she was like, she needed to use the restroom. I'm like our, our bathroom's right there. And she kept feeling like she had to go to the campground one. I'm like, it's, it's a regular <laughs> bathroom. It's just like, she just felt like it was going to be like an outhouse. It just reminded her too much of that. I'm like, no, go look at it. <laughs> like, come on. This is modern era. We're we're fine. Um, and my, my dad would never do anything like this, but he, he was supportive of us. So that was good. Um, most of the time, thankfully we've had everybody's like, Oh, you're living the dream. That's terrific. But there's always those people that just don't. And of course, internet trolls, that's what you you definitely have to watch out for. People just don't get it and think somehow you're, you're living off the land and you're on vacation all the time. And it must be, nice to be to you know not pay for anything and and not have to work and it's like that's not it at all or they think that you're dirty and you're not getting <laughs> washed like, well tell no. me about the work stuff because that's a nice little segue in because like you say you do actually have a, a way of of paying your bills don't you you work in social media am i right there i do i do social media management um, and then we also have. What does that our, involve for people who don't know what design. social media management is? What what is that? Is it kind of doing people's Facebook stuff and things like that? It is. It is. So for companies or maybe um, public figures or people like that, I would handle uh, their Facebook or Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, things like that. So I would um, handle posting for them um, weekly or daily or whatever it is that they need uh, and running ads if they need things like that um, to, and, to keep up so they can focus on their business. How do you how do you get customers? Because I, I imagine that a lot of people, I know a couple of people who do social media stuff in, in Liverpool where I live, and their first port of call is always local businesses. Um, but everywhere is local and nowhere is local for you. So right. how... How do you actually get your customers um, when you're out on the road like that? Uh, well, I'm trying to focus on the travel and RV industry. So I, I've just been reaching out to contacts that I have in the RV industry and just kind of doing some cold calls. And I'm hoping to um, really kind of focus as we go through. We've 
been on on a rush right now driving east very quickly um but when we slow back down to reach out to local places whenever i'm in the area so that i can go speak to them um but that that are more in the tourism industry so it's a place where they need a more more of a national reach um so that's that's kind of been my my focus so it, far and how i've been looking at it okay and that makes and then sense we also do because have you're our, reaching out to your to your rv community really and and that makes and with the internet now you can do that no matter where you are geographically mm-hmm. yeah because we've worked with some other people right and we've worked with people before with our blog and so um that's that's also just uh reaching out to those people again if if i see that they have a need for it um that's that's kind of how I'm working. Oh, so we also have our product design consultancy, um, Deglossed, and that's our bread and butter. Okay. How many hours a week are, are you are you both working now? Oh, that – for us, it's um, – especially with the product design right now, it's such project-based that our hours fluctuate. Yeah. Um, so th- for the past month, it's been a little crazy because we've been helping with this tur- this tight turnaround project that ended up being um, more than double, but then we won't have anything for a few weeks. Okay, coming back to the RV stuff, Carenza, I'm, I'm curious because I-, I can see a lot of the romanticism and the adventure and you're out there kind of, um, you know, like a freedom pioneer, really, and it's, it's, it's the dream life, as you say. But I'm curious as well, on the flip side, what are the challenges of this life and what are the things that you do feel as though you've given up that do feel like a sacrifice um, from, the, from, for, from the fact that you've actually you know, moved into this particular lifestyle? What's hard and what, what have you genuinely sacrificed in order to live how you live today? Um, there's definitely things that sacrifice is not roses all the time but for for me I don't feel like I really sacrificed too much um I maybe don't see my family as often but not having lived near them anyway I only saw them about twice a year um for the most part anyway so uh it's not it's not a huge difference but like last year I flew back once because we weren't on that side because we can't just drive the motor home hundreds, hundreds of, or thousands of miles to go to a birthday party or even for the holidays sometimes. So like last year I flew back once and I saw my family and, um, my husband and I actually split up seeing our families too, because, uh, we have, we have our dogs and it's just, it's a little hard to, to store the RV sometimes. Um, especially cause you want to keep it plugged in when you have all your food in your fridge. I mean, it's your home. It's not just a vehicle. And, and then we have our dogs. So we'd have to board them. So I flew home in October and then he flew back. He flew home in December. Um, so we saw family separately. So I didn't get to see my new nephew, um, which is why we came back this year for the holidays we're, we're going to visit our families but that means this the whole year I haven't seen them either so that's probably the hardest thing for me it's not as as a huge step as it would be for other people just because I really didn't get to see them all that often anyway just because I lived so far away and I had a corporate job where I only had a couple weeks of vacation so I could only go out so often to do it um the thing is now when we go we get to stay longer than we would so it's a sacrifice but now like when we went when we first left we went to visit his brother and my husband's brother and his wife and our niece at the time and um and we stayed there for six weeks and really got to hang out with them and got to know our niece and she knows us now and who we are we're not just the people who fly in and say hello for Christmas and then leave. So 
sacrifice. We don't see them as often, but at least when we do, we get really good time. Yes, real good connection in a way that wouldn't be possible with the corporate lifestyle. Right, exactly. I was going to ask you actually, what, seeing as you're on the road and you've, you've, you've dropped the sticks and bricks, which is what most people would think of as home. You know, people think of a yeah. home as maybe their birthplace or, or, or the place where they're living. What what does the what does the concept of home mean to you if it's not if it's not bound by say location or, or geography? When you think of home, what do you think of? Oh, when I think of home, I think of where my husband and my dogs are. It's my family, so that's that's home for me. And I'll still refer to Indiana to where my family lives, where my mother is, my grandmother. That's home also, and I've just always called it home. Well, I'm going home, even though I haven't lived there in a really long time. Um, so that it just tends to be where the people I love are. So that's that's home to me. Yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty much the same way. It's it's related to people, even though I'm in the sticks and bricks. I think what mm-hmm. I really associate. So I, I mean that that I relate to that an awful lot because that's that's how I would see it as well. It just it just so happens that I'm static and you're 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 roaming the United States. Um, but I right. wanted I wanted to ask you something because I I see you as having kind of a, a privileged almost bird's eye view of um, of society really because you're kind of you you're kind of in it and not in it. You're kind of acting almost like as a kind of outsider. So. You can see you can see the the rest of humanity doing the doing things in the way that where we were always meant to do them in in inverted commas you know going about our our sort of work around stuff and I'm just wondering from that vantage point which is just that ever so slightly removed and doing something different and and being able to look at the the world that you left behind from a different vantage point what what are you seeing about well, about all sorts of things, really, that we miss, you know, because we're in it. What What do you see about, um, you know, what, what what do you notice about people that we might miss? What do you notice about uh, the landscape that we might miss? And, and what do you notice about how we kind of organise ourselves and and do life that we might we might miss because we're kind of doing things maybe unthinkingly the way that we've always been brought up to do it. That's a Big question. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> questions, really. Um, you can take I, in little chunks. I'm just people... interested that you've got that little um, that little overhead view, and I'm, I'm sure you've got yeah. some some insights from having lived that life and and looking at everybody else still living the life you did. Yeah. Yeah, it's when you step back from things, you kind of see see things you didn't notice before. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like um, just maybe even seeing what what people prioritize or aim what even we used to prioritize um in in your life um you know is it's maybe the way work not even being your own work but working for someone else is so important and you have to you know put all of your life in it and i i grew up with a good work ethic i got that from my parents and everything but there's some of that that just I did I really need to be at my job late all all the time and you know being with family and friends is more important and and I think people also tend to miss what's in their backyard and they don't even realize the beauty that they have around them and, and really, I mean, even going back and expanding your backyard to being your country, there is a lot in the U.S. We have a very diverse, this is like environment here. Um, so the, the East Coast is completely different than the West Coast and, or the West. I mean, there's desert there and there's no desert in the East Coast. It's very lush and green for the most part. And both are beautiful, and and people just don't always realize that and recognize that. Uh, we lived in New Jersey, New York area for five years, and 
I talked about going to the museums a lot more than I ever actually went. I wanted to sit in the Met, um, the art museum, and just spend the day. And my friend and I talked about that, and we never did it. You take for granted what's around you sometimes, and you don't realize what you have. And there's an island out around New York City called Governor's Island that opens up just during the summer, and they have a lot of stuff going on. And it's somewhere that people like to go. And I meant to go every year, and I never went. And then we moved. It's interesting what you were saying because I had a very similar conversation with an old school friend of mine and we were looking, we were talking about happiness actually, we were talking about how to be happy and he said that he used to be very worried because when he was a child he didn't have um, holidays, vacations as you'd call them um, and he'd noticed that other, other kids used to go, go on vacation with their family and so when he got older he, he found that he was striving to go to other places on holiday, you know, a week here, two weeks there, and all that sort of stuff. And then he said that he started to um, look at his own area, you know, look in the city that we both live in today, um, with kind of the eyes of a tourist. And he was, he said, I was out walking my dog, and I thought, you know, if I was, if I'd only just dropped in here, I'd think this was a lovely place. And he started to get an appreciation, yeah. which I'm guessing that you're carrying around with you because you're always looking at at, at a place with fresh eyes yes yes definitely how i'm taking in everything and that's how i i I think people don't and i'm glad that he stopped and looked and realized that because that's what i think people don't always do um you know you just don't realize what you have around you and and in in new jersey um i know my husband especially worked with people who never went into the city which is what we always called New York when you live there. Um, and there's a lot of stuff there. There's yeah. great things yeah. there. And, you know, it's just stopping and making that a trip sometimes or going to the park. There's, there's stuff within an hour drive and less that, that are just beautiful and wonderful to see. And I mean, as much as I'm going around and seeing the whole country and looking at different areas, um, and people can just go out and, and maybe just a little farther than they have before, or just to a different spot that they've always talked about. Oh, maybe I'll get there someday. You know, do it. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if, if you're, you know, in your community, you know, you're staying there and, and you're not going to travel around like I am fine, but there's still things around you that you can explore that you should, because you just don't know what's going to happen with your life. So it's, and, it sounds like you've really developed an explorer's heart and an explorer's mindset through this. And, and whether we're in sticks and bricks or not, I think the advice that it sounds like you're giving us is, you can have an explorer's mindset and an explorer's heart, even if you're not driving around the country, even if you're in the one place for five years. Yes, absolutely. I mean, really explore what's around you. And I, and there's so much to see and so much to learn and, and meeting different people. And um, I, we just like to, to really explore our areas I and mean, we we tended to do that on on vacations slash holidays before is we would we would like to go in into the cities and just kind of explore on our own and, and walk around and see everything and get to know people and there's just yeah there's so much to be learned and you know I you definitely want those times where you get to hang out and relax in your own home whether that's rv or sticks and bricks but you know there's just so much to see and so much to appreciate around you and you just need to be able to take that chance and do it and also just you know your friends and family and and when you have the chance to connect with them you do it this life is short and and you really should just make the best of it and really that's that for me that and I think for a lot of people that's family connections friend connections and and really 
taking advantage of your area and what you can see. Yeah, it's interesting you saying that. I was reading a I was reading a study that you might have heard of called the Harvard study, where they looked at um, uh, people over seventy five years. They, they've had these researchers studying them now for seventy five years, so they've been able to look at an entire life. And so they kind of know now what makes a happy life by looking at these individuals and what makes a healthy life as well. And um, they started off thinking that it was success in traditional terms, you know, like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, money and and those sorts of stuff or work-related success. But basically what they they nailed it down to in terms of the people who had the happiest and longest and healthiest lives was the kind of human connection that you're just talking of. Um, where yeah. people are connected to friends and uh, a partner that they can count on. And that was the key indicator of when people were living a successful life in terms of their happiness and their health and their, their longevity as well. Absolutely. I, I mean, I totally agree with that. It's it's the connections. And like I said, even though we might not be with our friends all the time, we get together with them enough that when we're there, we really make it count. And it's, and it's immediate, even though we might not see them, uh, even for months or years when we're there, it's just picking up where we left off. And um, with the internet, you can keep in contact a lot easier now too. Um, and and really, it, for us, it's it's about experiences too. Um, you know, over typical success, you know, how much money it's, or a gift, you know, physical gifts. It's about experiences and getting to do things that we might not have done before. Well, this is, this is the thing that's, I mean, there's, there's other stuff on happiness about this as well. Actually, Carenza, there's been studies done, which says that, um, you know, if you're going to give someone a gift, then give them an experience rather than some stuff. And it's interesting that you've gone through this process of decluttering, getting rid of most of your stuff. Um, so you can fit it into your to your RV, and you've swapped the stuff for life experiences. So I'm guessing yeah. you're, I'm guessing you're a happy couple. Am I right? We are. We're very happy. We're very happy. I mean, it's and some of the it's it's kind of silly, but even when we're driving, and I mean, it's just a drive day, which is not the most exciting days usually. I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy and smiling and jazz just because we're on the road and it's, it feels like us and we're exploring this part of the reason we did this too, is we realized we were happiest when we were on the road because we did live away from our family. So we would oftentimes drive to go see them. And, um, even when we were flying and everything, although sometimes that's a bit of a pain, um, everything happening at airports, but, for us, the the drive and the journey to get there and little silly little stops and we'd have our dogs in the back, um, that was happiness for us. And we realized we were happier on the road than we were in one spot. So, Well, it's it sounds like a very mindful way of, yeah, it sounds like it's a very mindful way of um, living as well. It sounds like the fact that you're, that you're so often looking at things with new eyes and that when the connections come, you kind of... Um, hungrily in in the moment with them. It sounds like, um, yeah, it, sounds, it just sounds a very mindful, in the present way of of living a life, really. Yes, yes, I I agree with that. What it words of advice really... would you give to anyone who's listening to this and and is attracted to the idea of of kind of following your lead and and doing something similar and getting rid of the sticks and bricks and and getting out there to live the kind of mindful experience filled life that you're living what what would you what words of advice and warning and encouragement would you give to them i would say don't overthink it um um, things will come i mean i'm a planner to a point i really don't plan our trips so much i i don't like to have to do that but i'm a planner and i wanted to plan to make sure before we left that we knew what we were doing and would have have our um, ducks in a row as far as we knew where our income would be coming from, which is why we, we planned a year in advance. But you just need to get out there. You don't need anything crazy expensive. And, and I, I ended up writing a whole post about this because we did switch our RV to the smaller one. 
um, we took advice in from maybe retirees and just whatever on the internet. And we hadn't found our tribe yet, our little RV collective of friends. And we got this thing that was too big and too beastly for us. Um, and you just, instead of like spending all that money on something that's might not be right for you, just find something cheap that you can start out in and find the way that you like to travel. See if you like this life and just get out there and go see it because that's the only way to experience it and to really know what you like and what you need. Because you may find that you want a little smaller rig. You don't need something large. Or you may find that you prefer to stay in one area for three months at a time and you want something bigger. Um, but it just gets you out there and started so you can actually go live it instead of instead of planning it out to the detail and then spending a bunch of mon money on something that you don't feel like you can get rid of. Sorry, somebody's walking through here. <laughs> and my final question, actually, what I'm curious, now that you've experienced all this, what's your advice to your, um, to your sticks and bricks selves, you know, going back a few years from the vantage point that you're in now, what would you advise your old selves um, when you were in the sticks and bricks? Um, see, I'd probably tell myself to get started on this earlier. And that just to really start looking at it and, and that corporate jobs aren't everything. And which, well, I guess we knew we were trying to find something, but this was the thing. And just really to get us on this path so much earlier. And because it, it just took a while to find it. So if I could go back even before we had found out about it, and I could just let myself know that this was an option, I would. Yeah, I think that's really inspirational talking to you. And, it, and it's, it's a good reminder, isn't it, that we kind of can be very blinkered in terms of living the life that we were taught that we were meant to live. And, and there are actually far more options than we, than we thought. And there's, there's things going on in the economy now with housing crisis and all that sort of stuff. But there are actually more options out there if... Um, if we can be inspired to have a have a look for them, so I've really enjoyed I've really enjoyed talking to you, Carenza. Um, I think people will find it really inspirational. I think it'll give them an, an awful lot of food for thought in terms of how they can increase the options in their own life and live and live the kind of life that you're living, which is very sounds to me very self-expressive, very mindful, and very happy and explorey as well. Is there anything? Yeah. That, is there anything you'd like to add before before we part? I think we covered about everything. I just would like maybe to tell people just go ahead and get out there and explore your area and see what's happening around you. Find a park you've never been to and, and go see what it's like because you just don't know the beauty that you have around you and the people that are there ready to talk to you too and, and really get to know your community because it's all pretty amazing. So how do we actually find you online? So so people have heard this, they, they, they're they inspired by what you've said and they want to find out more about your lifestyle. Tell me how we can find you um, on the web and social media and stuff like that. Well, our website is drivedivedevour.com. And I'll put that in the show and, notes so people can just click okay. on it. Great, thank you. And we're also on Facebook. It's Again, Drive, Dive, Devour, and on Instagram, at Drive, Dive, Devour, and Twitter, at Drive, Dive, Devour. Well, that's nice so. and easy. That's easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks very much, Carenza. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I, hope, I wish you many, many uh, enriching adventures going forward. So thanks very much for your time. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So a big thanks there to Carenza Dare for sharing her amazing experiential free life out there on the open road and i hope you found that as inspirational as i did now if you want to catch up with what carenza is doing as she 
goes around the United States having these adventures, then you can follow her and her husband at drivedivedevour.com. That's drivedivedevour.com. And on any of her social media channels, you can follow you can follow them on Drive Dive Devour. Now, all of those links are available in the show notes, which you can get at alanparry.com. That's Alan spelled A-L-U-N, of course, the Welsh way. That's alanparry.com for all of the show notes. So you can just go there and click in order to find out what Carenza is up to. And when you go to alanparry.com, of course, you'll also get access to all of the back catalogue of these podcasts and also my blog writings as well. Now, if you've enjoyed the show, then please do me a big favour if you can go over to iTunes and leave me a nice, lovely five-star review because I know that you're a nice, lovely person and it will help me out a great deal. By the same token, if you enjoy the show, then spread the love and share it on social media so that your friends can have access to it as well. Now, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes or any of your favourite podcast players. And I've got a whole host of wonderful conversations to be having and sharing with you coming up in future episodes. So I'll see you on the next one.